1: If you are international
0: and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the internet church circle to your calendar. And uh, the story goes that every single year in every single church in the Third Reich. Third Reich. Did I pronounce that right? I think so. I'm not German. Uh, One of those two texts had to be preached. Uh, and Hitler obviously used these texts in a forceful way to cause people to submit to him.
2: Welcome back to the move. We are vibing with the book. Ten minutes at a
0: time. It's getting warm. Brother took off his jacket. That's how you know. Get warm, preacher. Come on, preacher. Get warm.
2: <laughs> Next ten
0: minutes. We're looking at Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. Go
2: and read it. We'll just wait right here. All right, thanks. All right, let's go.
0: Ten minutes on the clock, starting in 3, 2, 1. Let's go. Here's a question that we probably don't think about on a regular basis. Yes. Do you think Hitler had a favorite Bible verse. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, because we're reading this passage. Um, it's funny. You look back in the history, and it turns out Adolf Adolf Hitler did, in fact, have two favorite passages. Mm-hmm. The first one is this passage that we're about uh, to go through, and the second one was similar to it in First Peter 2, 13 and 14. Yeah. Be subject to the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be an emperor or supreme, to governors sent by him, or to punish those who do wrong and to praise him who do rights. And uh, the story goes that every single year in every single church in the Third Reich. Third Reich. Did you pronounce that right? I think so. I'm not German. Uh, one of those two texts had to be preached. Uh, and Hitler obviously used these texts in a forceful way to cause people to submit to him.
2: He proof texted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We like to do proof texting a lot as Christians. That's another whole another topic, right? Well, no. actually, it no, bears not. it bears right here, doesn't it? It, it? does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This idea of proof texting is what, Jonathan? What, is the, what does proof texting mean? And oh. why is it bad?
2: Well, proof texting is where you extract a text. And by text, I mean a literal verse, right? A verse, a piece of the text. Or in
0: this one, seven parts of that verse. Yeah,
2: parts of that verse. And then you apply them to the issue at hand, whatever it is you're talking about, in order to Proof or prove that which you already have determined, right? So that then when I extract a text outside of the context, it's simply just pretext. pretext.
0: You've been to the same meetings that I've been to okay, before. Yeah, I have. I
2: have. <laughs> and so it's just pretext for me to justify the position I already hold. So that I I am the forha. I don't know what it is. The the Fuhrer. fewer, yeah. yeah <laughs> the definitely not I German. Am not German, right? <laughs> um, if that means I love you in German, sprechens die Deutsche. I took I took German for a little bit, and I'm terrible at it. Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, yeah, that, then you use it in order to justify your tyrannical government, right? So, I think on this side of history it should be clear that applying
0: the passages in the way that Hitler was attempting to apply those passages was a misstep.
2: Yeah, because you're applying the passages without actually taking to account just a couple paragraphs before it.
0: What are those paragraphs before it? Help us frame, yeah,
2: frame these seven verses. So um, one of my favorite theologians of all time is Stanley Harawass, right? He was a, um, He brilliant man, brilliant, brilliant man. And um, he pointed out actually in an exchange uh, on a panel discussion, somebody was using Romans 13, particularly these seven verses, as a way to justify a political position that uh, a certain group of people had. What it was, it was the um, Republicans had some sort of position that they had taken. And this, of course, Christian was um, using this text as a way to Uh, motivate other Christians to come under the view of the Republicans who were in power at the time where they had, you know, something along these lines. Well, we need to be subject to the political rule, right? Mm -hmm. It's funny. You have to be subject to the political rule as long as it agrees with your political identity. But the moment it doesn't agree with your political identity, then the black man in office is the antichrist. But (laughs) I digress, (laughs) right? So, you can send your hate mail
0: to <laughs> to Jonathan.
2: You can, but then, yeah, we can have that discussion, right? I don't, I don't actually have a political, uh, I don't have a political uh, identity as much as I'm a Christian. But I really take to heart Christians that will side with a, po- a politician, divorce, you know, absent morality, just because it suits their political identity. I wouldn't do that for Barack, and I'm not doing it for Donald, right? Because yeah. I'm about a whole nother king, so. Uh, he was using this this passage and Dr. Harawas just pointed out. He's like, yeah, but 13 comes after chapter 12, right? Mm. And Homeboy was like, Huh, oh, what you mean? He was like, well, let's go back. And so he read 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. You don't return evil with evil. So that you come under the authority of the emperor in so much as you recognize that he's also under the authority of God. And that in keeping with God's desire for your life, you live at peace with the emperor. But the moment that the emperor uh, sidesteps that which is at the very heart of the kingdom of God, you don't then use scripture in order to justify.
0: In fact, it would seem that you have a moral imperative to side first, foremost, and only with the kingdom of god this to the to the neglect of a human kingdom
2: this is something that we as christians overlook and i see this in america right there's a great book by a professor named dr nicholas miller he has a book called the dissenting i think it's about the first amendment it's about um dissenting protestantism and how dissenting protestantism actually shaped the first amendment the first amendment being the separation of church and state why because dissenting Protestants, meaning Protestants that were contra the governing powers of England, that collapsed church and state of the old world, said there is a higher authority than the kingly one, one, than the the monarch, right? And we will not submit our conscience to it. We will submit to you in so much as our conscience is submitted to God. So when they came over to the new world, it was that enduring idea that allowed for the First Amendment, right? If you want to see a this history of it. This is why that, it's
0: so important for us as Protestants to keep those two separate rather than to allow them to come together. And there's precedence for this, this idea of I will obey, I will follow so much as you don't require me to go contrary to my conscience, to the Spirit's leading to my understanding of, of what yeah. God has called me to do. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, the three Hebrew boys clearly were there, but rather than bow the knee— They chose not to.
2: They said, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, you're king, but there's one who's greater than you. And do with us what you will, right? Mm -hmm. Do with us what you will. But we trust in somebody else. So what's fascinating is... To the
0: extent that I'm willing to suffer for
2: that. And notice that they submitted... To his decree, they say, "Hey, man, if you need to throw us in the fire, throw us in the fire."
0: So, uh, then should they not have fought against the soldiers? Should they not have ran away? What does that look like? Uh, uh, If there's a decree, they're there to be sentenced for not bowing the knee. Do they not get to flee? Is there not such a thing as a refugee in that moment?
2: I mean, if they had the
0: opportunity to flee, but they were probably in the middle of that whole thing,
2: right? But I mean, they get dragged by. couple Couple of guards and they just straight up like listen we're just not going to submit to actually bending the knee to an idol yeah because we're under a greater authority so we will submit to you in so much as the consequence of our action we will be willing to bear it we're willing to bear it you know here's an interesting story have you ever heard the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer
0: I have uh talking about Hitler he was a, a pastor back in the days when Hitler was in power and um he was grappling through this, as, as many other uh, church folk were, mm-hmm. and he felt that the call for him and how he was supposed to interact with this, and this is really interesting, was that he was supposed to resist the tyrannical power mm-hmm. so much to the extent that he actually attempted to assassinate Hitler. Mm-hmm. He wasn't successful, mm-hmm. ended up dying and paying the price for it, mm-hmm. but that was the way that he sought to be faithful to God.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one because I'm not sure. For me, I'm not given the right to actually take life, right? Um, I know that there isn't enough justice to go around in the world so that there might come a situation where, you know, God forbid you'd have to. But the greater point here is that I'm subject to the authorities in so much as I'm subjecting myself to God. I don't subject to my authority in this world, the president, the system, at the expense of subjecting myself to God. So when the military power tells me, hey, you have to go kill these people over there. And we see that contextually, this is the very
0: governing authority that Paul is talking about that took the life of his savior. Mm mm-hmm. It's within the immediate context that Jesus was willing to submit himself to the authorities to the extent of the cross.
2: Because how else will you actually heap burning coals on the heads of the empire?
0: How else will you demonstrate that the principles upon which you live are greater than the principles upon which they want you to live on?
2: If you're not subject to right ruling and living at peace and being a citizen who's trying to bring the good to the
0: empire so much to the extent that even while naked and open barren on a cross a soldier could look up and say surely this was the son of god
2: and so we obey god rather than man Hmm. first
0: there you go guys that's 10 minutes we'll see you tomorrow
1: hey but pay your taxes